God is supernaturally giving you life. Your heart's beating without even thinking about it. These are all things, saved or lost, that God is doing for you every moment. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. You're listening to In Grace, and our new series is The Old Testament Obsolete. Today, my title is Don't Make Me Out of a Monkey. And we're talking about the greatest of God's creation, the creation on day six when he made not only the monkeys, but he also made something far different and far greater than a monkey. He made us. And so I'm going to talk today about how God made us in three unique ways that are much different than any other of his creations. Uh, We were created in God's image, and that is mentally, morally, and socially. Yesterday, we talked about how we were created in God's image mentally and how we have the ability to paint and write songs and just the creativity, the mental intellect that God has given us. It's unique. You don't find animals doing that. Uh, But also morally and socially, and we're going to cover that today, and I think it's so important for us to push back against the ridiculous paradigm of evolution. Uh, God created us. The earth isn't that old. It's all explainable. It's all verifiable. And it fits so much better, the evidence that we find in archaeology, in uh, the geologic layers, and so on and so forth. So I'm very, very, very happy to be a young earth creationist Bible believer, and hopefully you are as well. And we're going to be talking about Genesis a lot in the series because it's so foundational in not just the Old Testament, but in the entire Bible. And so I'm excited about this new series. Uh, Also, don't forget that In Grace is going to be coming to you every year. We try to make it to a couple places. So we're going to be heading out to Mitchell, South Dakota. Uh, Those of you that live in North and South Dakota, we know you're kind of isolated out there, but we love you and we're coming to you. We're coming to the Corn Palace in Mitchell and we'd love to give you a free ticket to our Gather in Grace event in October. And you can go to our website, ingraceradio.com. Also, we're going to be heading out to Phoenix, Arizona. So those of you out in Phoenix or anywhere really in Arizona, come into Phoenix and uh, come to Gather in Grace. Again, we have a free ticket for you at our website, ingraceradio.com. The quote continues, though, how are we like God? Well, we're, we're like him mentally, but we're also like him morally. The person said, we were created in righteousness. We were created in innocence. We are a reflection of God's holiness. For instance, <clears throat> they said, whenever someone writes a law, recoils from evil, praises good behavior, or feels guilty, He is confirming the fact that we are morally made in God's own image. And third, they said we are like God socially. We were created for fellowship. We reflect God's triune nature. We reflect God's love. Every time someone marries, makes a friend, hugs a child, or attends church, he is demonstrating the fact that we are made in the social likeness of God. Do you see how we are in the image of God. We're different. We're not animals. God has made us like him in many, many ways, and we reflect him, and we should reflect him with our lives. Let's continue in Genesis 2, verse 7, where Genesis 2 gives us a little more detail on Genesis 1, 
Okay, so Genesis 1 goes through everything that happened on the seven days of creation. Genesis 2 fills in some of those gaps. So Genesis 2, verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Oh, doesn't that make you feel good? You are dirt. People have called you that, but now it's a compliment. You're right. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, from dust to dust. It is true, we were made from dust, we leave as dust our mortal, sin-cursed body. Boy, there's humility in that, isn't there? What can we glory in if we're made of dirt? Couldn't he have used gold? Couldn't he have used gemstones? Why dirt? (laughs) Because there's nothing to glory in, in and of ourselves. But then the second part of the verse says, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Some people think when you die, you just cease to exist. No, no. You were made an eternal being. In the image of God, you will never cease to exist. There's two destinations for every person that dies. There's one of two. And you need to make sure you know where you're going before you die because you're a living soul. So we were made from dirt, but now we have imbued in us this incredible substance that is mysterious that science will never, ever be able to measure or calculate, and that is the breath of God. What happens when someone dies was when they stop breathing. It was a very poignant moment sitting by my dad's bedside for hours and hours. We knew he was going to die. We didn't know when, but suddenly I looked over and he wasn't breathing. He had instantly gone from living in this body to his eternal soul being with God forever and ever. What is life? What is breathing? What is this? It's mysterious. It's supernatural. So every person listening to my voice, God is supernaturally giving you life, giving your lungs without even having to think, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. Your heart's beating without even thinking about it. These are all things, saved or lost, that God is doing for you every moment. God combines this supernatural substance from this very common normal substance, and this combination makes us unique in creation. And this is why we need to protect human life from the womb to the tomb. Without this, we wouldn't know the value of human life. But because of this, we do. We are made in the image of God. Therefore, we need to stand up and protect life because it's from God. Genesis 1.27, we'll go back and continue reading the creation account. In the second part of the verse, it says, Male and female created he them. So we have two genders that were created, and only two. He did this for the good of his creation. He did this for his glory. Anytime we go outside of that design, we're hurting ourselves, we're hurting other people, and the worst part of all of that is we're hurting God. Even the word sex, the word when we use the word sex to define the genders, the male and female sex, the word comes from Latin, and it literally means distinct it means to divide and to separate. 
The word sex means to divide and separate. So even those that don't believe in the scriptures, every time you're using the word sex to, to, to talk about uh, the genders, the male and female sex, you're actually talking about the differences that, that God made to divide and to separate. And he separated humans into two groups, two sexes. Each are distinct, but each are valuable. Both are reflecting God's image. Both are reflecting God's likeness. Think about all the description, the distinctions between men and women. Of course, the obvious are the physical. We know there are differences physically between men and women. But think about all the other differences. Think about if we didn't have women in this world, we would have nothing hanging on our walls. We'd have very bare and boring homes. If we would even have homes at all, I don't know. We might prefer, you know, living under a, a thatched roof, but she's not going to put up with that. So you're going to make a nicer roof for her and maybe some walls, maybe some nice, uh, you know, finished walls, maybe nice floor. You're going to put shelves up for all the knickknacks that she wants to put on those walls. You know, she's going to buy signs that say live, laugh, love, breathe. <laughs> We're different. Nothing wrong with that. God made them to, to enhance life. And of course, the obvious is, is for multiplication, right? But listen, Satan is a deceiver. He is a liar. And one of his big lies recently is God made a mistake. It's called transgenderism, transsexualism, gender identity disorder, gender dysphoria. And it's basically a feeling that your biological or your genetic or physiological gender does not match your gender that you identify with or perceive yourself to be. And so people are confused and people have these feelings that they were, there was a mistake. That God made a mistake is really what, what they're saying. So let's say you put aside the Bible, which I will not do, because if you put aside the Bible, you have nothing. But let's say for a moment we put aside the Bible and we look at this issue of gender. Scientifically, we have, each person has a pair of sex chromosomes in every cell. The Y chromosome is present in the male sex, which we have an X and a Y. Women have two X chromosomes. No matter what you do, cosmetically, surgically, medically, you still, if you're a man, have a Y chromosome. That will not change. Now, what is this? Why... It's God, God making us unique and different and complementary. Both equally valuable, as we're going to see in a minute, but different. Now, no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, it still takes one man and one woman to create offspring. It, it does. You have to have that. Okay? So let's say you take the Bible out of the equation. You still have serious problems when you come to this whole area of gender. And, and by the way, what are we to do with these people that are confused? Well, I, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you, no matter if the gender distortion that you're feeling is hormonal, physiological, or spiritual, it can be overcome and healed through faith in Jesus Christ and through walking in the Spirit of God each and every day in reliance on the power of the Spirit. That's the answer to that problem or any problem that we're having, Okay. Now, this isn't a sermon about that, but certainly had to address that. Step into the captivating world of ancient history and discover the inspiring story of David the Shepherd King. 
As a token of his gratitude for your amazing support, Jim Scudder Jr. is thrilled to offer you an exclusive, beautifully crafted Psalm 23 bookmark, absolutely free. This elegant keepsake is a symbol of our appreciation for your generosity. And when you give a gift of $35 or more, you'll receive not just one, but five Psalm 23 bookmarks and the engaging DVD series, Discover Hidden Israel 4, all about David, the Shepherd King. When you give a generous gift of $250 or more, you will also receive a limited edition canvas print portraying David, the Shepherd King. To claim these remarkable gifts, call 800-78-GRACE. Go to ingraceradio.com or write to ingrace. P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Again, that's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. The Lord, in verse 21, God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. How many of you have had surgery and you were put out with anesthesia? They say, okay, you're going to count to 10. I've had it a few times. One, two, nothing. Like, man, I could use that every night of my life. <laughs> the problem is when you wake up and whatever they did to you hurts, plus you probably have nausea and all, their, all these other problems. But man, when, when God put him out, man, I think he was out. He caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept and he took out one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib, which the Lord had God had taken from man, made he a a woman, and brought her unto the man. And the story goes like this. God said, Adam, I need to find you a, a helper. Uh, I'm going to make this beautiful creature, and you're not only going to be amazed at her beauty, but she's going to be kind. She's going to be a hard worker. She's going to cook for you. She's going to bear your children. When you discover clothes, she's going to wash them for you. It's going to be incredible. Adam's like, wow. God said, yeah, she's never going to talk back. You're never going to have any arguments. It's going to be amazing. Adam's like, wow, this is, this is amazing. What's this going to cost me? God says an arm and a leg. He said, what can I get for a rib? It's terrible. Terrible, terrible. I can't believe the pastor said that joke. It, it's good, though. It's good. It's okay to laugh, right? It's okay to laugh. <laughs> what can I get for a rib? So from the rib, the Lord God uh, made woman, brought her unto the man, and Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And here we have the creation of the woman. Why a rib? Why a rib? Well, one person has noted that when you remove a rib, part of a rib, and they do this in, in a bone graft surgery, it can regrow within a few months if you leave a certain part, portion of it. You remove the rib and the cartilage. So that's interesting. Also, one author suggested that it was to show that they were actually created the same, the same being, two halves of a whole. And, and that's true, I do believe, when you look at uh, husband and wife. And God didn't take something from Adam's head so that she would have dominion over him, nor did, did God take it from his foot so that he could trample on her. He took it from Adam's side. Companionship, equality. And you find that in Scripture. And Adam celebrates this creation of Eve. 
He recognizes her as distinct but complementary, as his partner. And we see the, the relationship there. In verse 24, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother. Oh, all of a sudden, what do we have? We have here marriage, don't we? And shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, and the man and his wife were not ashamed. So we have marriage. What is marriage? Marriage is a permanent covenantal relationship between one man and one woman for life. That's what it is. That's the ideal. That's what God created us for. Obviously, there are times when we have conflicts and problems and, and issues and uh, divorce happens, but this is the design. One man, one woman for life in a covenantal relationship. And when a husband and wife come together in marriage, they join each other in body, soul, and spirit. And, and from that, we see three in one, don't we? We see the Trinity again. Body, soul, and spirit, they become one. And you have the husband, you have the wife, and you have the children. You see the Trinity within the family unit as well. So God had all this designed to reflect him. We are made in his image. Now what are we supposed to do? We have Adam, we have Eve, we have the gar animals, we have the garden, we have all of these, this beautiful creation. What are they supposed to do? Verse 28, we go back to Genesis 1. The second half says, replenish the earth. What does replenish mean? Well, it's to fill, okay? Might have been a mistranslation, a poor choice of words. Uh, it kind of harkens back to maybe a gap theory issue. Either way, the word means to fill the earth, to subdue it, to have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And that's why we're here to enjoy God's creation, to have dominion over it, to, and by the way, some people think, well, work is a curse. How many of you, well, don't raise your hand, how many of you think work is a curse? Depends on what job you have. It's probably not even your job, it's probably your boss that, that you, you have issues with. But work is not a curse. Work was part of the original creation. Adam named the animals. Adam tended the garden and Eve. Uh, work is part of life. Work is part of fulfillment and enjoyment. We we, we, we were designed to work and to have dominion over the earth and to honor the creator in all of that and have fellowship with him at the same time. We'll get into that next time. Genesis 2, verse 1 says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made and he rested on the seventh day. Do you think God needed a break? Do you think he was worn out? He was just really tired, like I did all this creation, I need, I need some rest? No. No, if he's all powerful, that was nothing. It was nothing for him to do all that he created. Why did he rest? Well, he rest for our good, for, our, for a pattern, for, for us to realize that you cannot work seven days a week. You have to take the time to rest. He created this as a model for us. And by the way, why do we have seven days? If evolution were true, if the Bible is not true, why would we have seven days? Isn't that interesting? Seven days. You can't add a day. You can't take a day away. Seven days. And God rested from all the work he had made. Verse 3, God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in, that, in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. So as we are wrapping it up today, let me just say this. God did not need to rest but he did establish a pattern for us that we need to do. Work six days and rest for one. Is that somebody's? Hold on. What is this? 
Hold on. Okay, I got a message for all evolutionists. You were created by a loving and wonderful God who wants to redeem you. He wants to buy you back from sin. He wants to save you from hell to heaven. He wants to give you everlasting life. He wants to have fellowship with you today, tomorrow, and forever. If you will trust in him, if you will believe in him, you will have eternal life. That is a message from scripture to every person. There are people that say, I don't believe in God, but I've heard many times when atheists are dying, they cry out to God, okay? I think deep down, innately, we know there is a God, but you probably have had something in your life that, that you were hurt by, maybe a person, maybe an event, whatever it was, and, and you just think, how could God possibly allow that? There must not be a God. Well, I'll tell you, there's a whole, lot of horrible things in this world, but let's not blame God. It's our fault. We're going to see in chapter 3, sin entering the world. We didn't even get two chapters in the Bible, and then we have sin. We have the curse. So we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. That's why God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whoever believes in him, trusts in him, Jesus, should not perish but have everlasting life. How do we know Jesus is the son of God? Because he did great miracles. He healed people. He made the blind to see, made the lame to walk. He raised people from the dead. But more than that, he was predicted and he fulfilled all of the prophecies of the Old Testament exactly and all the pictures of the Old Testament exactly as predicted. And not only that, but he rose again the third day. And if he's alive, and if you'll just study the claims of the resurrection, if he's alive, he is God, it's all true. And we can believe in him, trust in him, and have everlasting life. We should not perish, which is hell, but have everlasting life. And then in Ephesians 2, it says, for by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of ourselves. It's a what? A gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. So many people think, I can earn God's favor. I have got to be good. I need to be religious. I need to go to mass. I need to go to church. But the Bible says you can never be good enough. That's why Jesus came and died for your sins on a cross. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. Jesus, who knew no sin, he was made sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He was perfect. He lived a life you could not live. He died on that cross taking our sin and he says, I'm gonna offer you eternal life as a gift. If you'll just believe in me, you'll be saved today, tomorrow, and forever. You're bought back. You're reconciled back to God. That's good news, friends. That's the message of hope. That's the message of salvation. Trust in Jesus. He died on the cross for your sins and he rose again the third day. If you'll believe in him, you will be saved. Jesus is the answer. He is the way to heaven. If you trust in him, you're saved. If you have questions about that, please contact us. Call us at 1-800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com is our website. And when you contact us, ask for your free Psalm 23 bookmark. It's original art by one of our staff members. And uh, it's the Psalm 23, The Lord is My Shepherd bookmark for free. So contact us and I'd like to send that to you as my thank you for listening. And then some of you want to give to In Grace and your gift is going to be used carefully and wisely. Uh, if your gift is $35, 
$5 or more, I'm going to send you five Psalm 23 bookmarks, as well as our new video series about King David. And you're going to really want that. It's really cool. And he is the shepherd king, and he is also a ancestor and a descendant, really how you look at it, of the ultimate shepherd king, Jesus. Now, some of you can give a lot more. So if you can give a gift of $250 or more, we're going to send you the five bookmarks and the video series. We're also going to send you a piece of art. It's already ready for your wall. It's a canvas print of this good shepherd, this beautiful painting. Uh, I don't know, about a dozen sheep on still waters, a shepherd, all the colors of a sunset. Again, it's original and it's a limited edition. So we're gonna thank you by sending you this wonderful print and the five bookmarks and the video series when you contact In Grace and make a generous gift. God bless all of you and thank you for your prayers and your gifts. Don't forget your Psalm 23 bookmark, absolutely free. Also for $35 or more, Get five Psalm 23 bookmarks and the engaging DVD series, Discover Hidden Israel 4, all about David, the Shepherd King. When you generously give $250 or more, you will also receive a limited edition canvas print. Call 800-78-GRACE. Go to ingraceradio.com or write to Ingrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.